it's going to be like marriage, right? Like you're going to put all this stuff on me and then I'm just going to purposely do the worst job imaginable with the next episode. And you're like, all right, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. And then we both get what we want. Howdy, it's Monday, February 19th, 2018, and this is Due for a Win, Mailbag Volume 2, which is also probably going to be Episode 68. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What is good, Craig? I'm ready to ask some questions. Not ask some questions. I'm ready to answer some <laughs> questions. We're already off to a bad start. Yeah, you can ask some questions of me. That's fine. Let's just scrap the whole thing, <laughs> just like we so should no- have scrapped our... Uh, fantasy AC Casino draft. No, I think that went well. <laughs> I, I I think looking back on that, I think Snake Draft would have made it a lot better. And there's possibly some rules changes that we can discuss for future iterations that would have made it better too. But I think at the very least, me getting to pick first every round was it was too much. Yeah, third third person playing would have been I think the biggest change. Yeah. No, nah, I think we should have done Snake for sure. Yeah. So I pick, and then you pick two, and I pick two, and you pick two, and I pick two. So if I lose, that's I'm just going to blame that, just Mm -hmm. you know. So there will be no, uh, you know, I hope that you don't have any real mental victory there, because you'll just know that it's tainted. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't really matter, though. So I'm going to win, and I'm going to feel good about it. But even if I had lost, I'd just be like, well... Our listeners are wrong, and I'm right, so I still would feel good about it. So <laughs> I, I see how it is. Yeah. Okay, should we start uh, answering some questions? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess, let, let's just say, it's most likely going to be episode 68. It's possible it's episode 69 if, you know, some huge news comes out, Andrew's still pregnant in a week. Yeah, that's true. That's you never point. know. We could, we could slip another news episode in there. But. Could happen. Most likely, this will be episode 68. So, yeah, I guess we can we can begin, dive into it. Do you want to ask the first question? Sure. Uh, so Mike C. in the Facebook group said, What is it going to take to get visitors back to AC casinos? I think they missed the boat in the 80s and 90s to improve the airport and other transportation when they still had buckets of money coming in. But there may be some other things that could make people take the extra time to travel to AC. Maybe legalized pot or prostitution? Or how about an indoor water park? Uh, which I think was tongue-in-cheek, as judging by the LOL afterward. Uh, so what do you think? What do we need to do to get AC Casinos back? I think this is something we talked about regularly early on in the show. But Yeah. So I, I don't think AC will ever be like it was in the 80s and 90s. I think that boat's long since sailed. And I think even if everyone involved in the city from from the local politicians to the state politicians to the casino owners and executives had done all the right things. Still today, I don't think it would be like it was probably in the 80s and 90s just because of the explosion of gaming up and down the East Coast. Um, but that isn't to say there are certainly things they can do to help. Um, improving the airport, making it so more than just spirit flies there would be a pretty big deal. But that's kind of a chicken and egg problem, I think, where... You can't have a better airport until AC gets better, and in some ways, AC can't really improve until the airport's better. So, 
I don't know. It's a tough. It's a tough situation. Um, what are your thoughts? So I think the the part of this question that to me is more fun to answer is what makes people take the extra time to travel to Atlantic City. Uh, you know, you obviously it, it, they could, don't. It's it's because it's actually less time than the other options for the most part. Well, I mean, you could play in oh sure Baltimore okay. or Maryland Live, and you don't. I could play at just the Sands. That's an hour and a half away. I go a but, little bit further to go but to, to Atlantic. Do City. we go there specifically to just gamble? by ourselves or whatever well but like, that's no, not like, what the question is the question is what's what can get people back to ac casinos mm-hmm. i took I mean, it I as just ac it's, as a whole it's it's not an apples to apples comparison though right the sands is not ac and and horseshoe baltimore is not ac so i mean they're i mean I, we've talked about it a lot in the old episodes that the reason me and you go to AC is it's kind of in the middle. You know, it's something that we have some history with. Were you still living down here the first time we went to AC or were you already up in? No, I was already in New York. In New York. So, yeah, it was kind of like a between place. Right. I mean, it's a place that I have a lot of good memories and nostalgia, which for younger people now, someone who's just turned 21, may, they may not have if they're just going to their local casinos. I don't know. So what do you think would improve the situation? Yeah, I mean, well, to me, I think, you know, the reason I like it better than just going to Horseshoe or whatever is because it's multiple casinos in one place. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think that that's obviously not a big enough draw for most people. I expect a lot of people who even go to Atlantic City kind of hang out in the same casino and don't really venture too far away from wherever it is that they're staying especially mm-hmm. if it's the Borgata. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think most people probably don't really casino hop like we do. Yeah, so I, th- I think in that case, it's more about getting other attractions that make people go out of their way. And obviously, you know, the beach is a big attraction, but sort of making the beach more attractive, making the beach nicer and making the boardwalk nicer with better shops and all that kind of stuff. I think I talked about that in the last mailbag episode uh, would do a lot to get people to say like, Oh, Hey, this is an awesome beach town and it's got a bunch of casinos uh, rather than right now. It sort of feels like it's a bunch of casinos that happens to have a beach, which, you know, if you are going in the summer, like, yeah, that's something you can do also. Like, I feel like everybody talks about the beach as this giant draw, but I don't know. I, th- I expect most people who are gamblers aren't really going to to go to the beach because they're passing multiple beach towns on the way to Atlantic City, almost no matter where they're coming from. I mean, not if they're coming well, from Philly or Philly, something. Yeah, they're, they're not. But but certainly north or south, like if they're coming from New York or coming from Maryland. I mean, I think the advantage of the beach is that it's something that the whole family can do and traditionally you look at it and it's like you know the wife goes to the beach and the husband goes to the casinos and everyone's at least moderately happy but i mean i don't know so i I still think like making the boardwalk nice it's it's still like a bit of the chicken and the egg thing yeah right like there's no reason to open up a nice shop on the boardwalk now because it will just close yeah and in fact we saw that a developer built what they were hoping would be sort of a 
higher end shopping experience right down near tropicana yeah if by tropicana like between boardwalk hall and tropicana and it's just empty it's like, been vacant for yeah. the whole time the podcast has been going yeah so uh you know as much as i want to say like oh you know if you just got into a bunch of attractive stores there you, people would be more excited about it you know I mean, retailers so- are also thinking about their bottom line to to just follow up on what you said i mean i do think that the the solution at the end of the day is going to be it's going to be giving people experiences they can't get somewhere else and i think one of the big things that we've talked about a lot is i think drinking on the boardwalk would probably help a lot um because that's something you really can't get anywhere else in the east coast you know they have it in new orleans they have it in las vegas but but they don't have it in a whole lot of other places um yeah, and, and the bars buying into that or the places on the boardwalk buying into that and creating that sort of party atmosphere, which I think they probably right. would certainly attempt to do. Uh, I mean, Mike mentioned legalized pot. Do you have any thoughts about that? It's come up, you know, with both with the new governor and with the new mayor. I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like something that it probably couldn't hurt, but i'm sure that there's stats out there that shows like i think colorado is the first state that had actually like truly legal pot for visitors as well i mean you could probably see if more people visited colorado after that um so yeah. i don't know it, it couldn't hurt i mean i think legalized pot or or legalized prostitution i don't see how necessarily they hurt but uh, i i think just drinking would be kind of the thing i would go after yeah i mean my sense about pot smokers uh is or not about pot smokers my sense about marijuana in general is that it's so decriminalized decriminalized in most places at this point anyway Mm -hmm. that there's not really that much of a fear that like oh if you go smoke some weed in your hotel room you're gonna end up in jail i don't think that really happens too much uh if you go do that and you do end up end up in jail don't call me uh, but yeah, I mean, my sense is uh, I don't think it would really move the needle too much and, but I don't know. I mean, you're right. There's probably data on all that, but, uh, going the other direction to more of the family friendly thing. What about indoor water park that's been proposed and scrapped, proposed and scrapped, proposed and scrapped. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think something AC's had a bit of a problem with is not really knowing you always hear all these ideas of things that are going to help AC and like some of it's about getting kind of gambling style tourists. Some of it's about getting family tourists. Some of it's about increasing industry there. And like all of those are probably important at some point, but I think at the end of the day, it's better to kind of specialize in in one thing and try to do it really well. And like bringing in a whole bunch of like families. I don't know how sensible that is. Right. When there's ocean city next door, when there's wildwood, when there's places like that, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's tough. I yeah, think Ocean Atlantic City. City's advantage is the gambling, and that's what they should lean on, and and that's what their history is about. I mean, they've been the world's playground for over a hundred years. Yeah, and when you say lean on the gambling, I think if I can speak for you a little bit, I think you mean more lean on the adult centric resort Correct. nature of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we we both, I'm sure, agree that they need to not just be all casinos all the time. You know, like I said, I mean, I think the big comparison is right on the West Coast. There's Las Vegas in the south there's New Orleans and like what's the equivalent on the east coast there's so, not really one right so something that keeps getting brought up with the two new casinos open and maybe this is getting into later questions but I think it's relevant here uh 
everybody's sort of saying like, well, the market's right sized and you've only got, and, and you've got seven casinos and maybe eight's fine, but nine's too much. And like everybody acts like it's going to be this giant failure if these two casinos open and some other casino closes. But at the end of the day, if Hard Rock opens and is awesome and Ocean opens and is awesome and two crappier casinos close, isn't it good for Atlantic City as a whole to make that trade? Like doesn't that make Atlantic City better if all the casinos are bigger, better resorts, even if it is still seven casinos? Like, I think that's um, more of an attraction than than what it is now. I mean, I, I think that's probably true. I mean, I think if you're looking at societal good, maybe, you know, having one business open and one close is worse than just having had all the businesses be there, you know, the ones that were open stay open and no, no one's come in, but just in terms of people losing their jobs and stuff. But I think in terms of like us as outsiders looking at Atlantic city, like of course it's better to have two nice casinos come in and two crappy casinos close. Right. So it's interesting. I feel like there's so much focus on the negative of a a closure, especially since 2014 when so many casinos closed that, Mm -hmm. you know, there is an argument that if you're taking a big picture to look at, you know, what's the best for the city. If, if it's going to be $2.4 billion a year or whatever it is in, in gaming, gaming revenue every year like if that sustains seven really great fun casinos that you want to go to it's better for everybody if it is seven fun i mean not for everybody not for the people who lose their job <laughs> the casinos close right it's better for visitors if it's seven awesome casinos i mean my yeah, argument course. is that well, if like, it's seven so awesome casinos the number goes up because everybody so wants to come who's it that really complains about these closures though is it like were visitors really brokenhearted that the Taj or the, the Trump Plaza or like the uh, Atlantic club closed. Like not really. It was local press, local politicians because they're the ones that, you know, are have to kind of cater towards these locals who were the ones that end up losing their job, you know, at the end of the day, like, okay, me, maybe me and you really do care about the closing of the Atlantic club, but really like it was a crappy casino. And most people don't really care from that are visiting the casinos or coming to Atlantic City to visit casinos. I, I think the concern is if there's this swap. If if Ocean, even if Ocean and and mm. Hard Rock open and one casino closes, there will be this perception, at least locally, at least with the local media for sure, will have mm-hmm. this perception that like, oh, I knew it, like this is too much. But in reality, and maybe tourists are are savvy enough to not let that perception way their their buying habits uh you know getting two really good casinos and losing one bad casino that's like good for everybody especially if it's going up from that 2.4 million dollar annual gambling revenue but we can actually talk more we'll talk more about ocean and hard rock <laughs> later on but i i think you know just the general getting better of the resorts in ac hopefully will make it more of a draw is what i'm saying yeah I mean, I think, and this is probably an unpopular opinion and would preclude me from ever running for office, but that's precluded for a lot of reasons. But I think change in and of itself tends to be fairly healthy for society, so I don't necessarily have a problem with it. But, you know, of course, there are people who end up getting hurt with with every time we have, like, some casinos open, some close, etc. So, sure. All right. So, 
what are your opinions on the effect of likely legal on the likely legalization of sports betting in Atlantic City? Will it be diluted by NJ racetracks and competitions from other states? And that's from Ed in the Facebook group. Yeah, Ed, who uh, set up our meetup at Golden Nugget. Yes. So do you want to go first, or do you want me to jump in? Well, I, I asked the question, man. Uh, so I think everybody. I think there's a lot of feeling that this thing is amazing for Atlantic City and like just the shot in the arm that they need. I am excited about it as someone who wants to have the option, but I know the math behind it in Vegas is that the books don't re- aren't huge re- revenue generators. Uh, I'm. I would be very skeptical of the idea that a bunch of people are going out of their way to go to AC because they can bet sports. But you know, some people will, so it's good. Like I think it's better than not having it. But I definitely don't think it's going to be this thing that's going to you know drive up a ton of revenue. Like you may see a slight uptick, but I don't think it's going to be some giant thing. Especially because, as Ed mentions, you know, New Jersey has is going to have sort of first mover advantage on this, at least on the East Coast. So they've already got the legislation in place to legalize it as soon as the Supreme Court makes a decision, if they do, do decide to overturn it. Uh, but other states, I would assume, Delaware especially, would be able to follow suit very quickly. Uh, I'm assuming other states would say, well, we've got casinos, you know, Maryland, Pennsylvania, like, we're just going to do this too. Uh, and you know, the sort of advantage would go away the same way that being the only game in town to have casinos went away. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think me and you are on the same page that we both, I think the people that are really expecting sports betting to be this panacea for Atlantic city are going to be disappointed. Everything we've read is it's just not very big business even in Vegas and uh, people put a lot of stock in like, well, maybe that you don't make a lot of money from it, but it's going to really bring a lot of people in. And I just, I don't think that's true. I mean, I think it's, it's something that's going to be kind of nice and it'll help on the margins, but I don't think it's going to make a huge difference overall, especially as Ed stated, you know, other States are going to be in right after them. If, if it becomes legal around the country. Yeah. I mean, it'll help on like big weekends, like, yeah, yeah, NFL playoffs. Um, I mean, it, it could help in general if the casinos sort of create facilities that are sports books that are draws for other reasons. Like if just in general, you know, AC is known as a place to go and watch any big game. Like that's probably a good thing. But uh, I, yeah, I just can't imagine that it is a giant way of uh, getting new people to come okay so continuing with our trend of what can get more people to Atlantic City uh, Janice in the Facebook group Facebook is going to be a trend here uh, why are there no Cirque shows or resident big name acts in Atlantic City what do you think I I mean, I think that the simple answer is just there's not a, they don't have the visitor base to support something like that, especially during the week, especially during the week, not during the three summer months. Um, I, I think we'll see what happens after Hard Rock opens. I think if anyone was going to try to do something like that, it would be Hard Rock. And I, I think it's possible you could have like a resident, maybe not big name act, but like a medium name act during the summer and it 
could maybe be successful, but that's still only three months out of the year. But I don't, just don't think there's a visitor base for something like that. It's not Las Vegas where they can have Britney Spears for however long she was at Planet Hollywood. Yeah, and the, and the economics of a residency act, if you really think about it, if it's somebody who has the drawing power to continue to tour, you basically have to make it more attractive for them to stay at your place and play whatever it is four nights a week or, you know, sometimes the residencies now are kind of faux residencies where it's like, oh, it's only one week a month or something like that. Uh, but you really are sort of buying them out of their tour, right? So you have to make it more lucrative for them. Um, you know, a lot of people do say, oh, I, if I do Las Vegas, it means I don't have to move around a lot. That's nice. You don't spend as much time like on planes and buses, but you know, for Atlantic City, if just to think about what that means, you know, are they going to fill the stadium for the same act four or five nights a week? That's a tough, tougher draw. And I also, you know, Vegas has such that show culture already. Like people go to Vegas and they think I should go to a show because I'm going to Vegas. Atlantic City people go to gamble. And until that changes, I think you're going to have a hard time getting... Uh, really, you know, filling these residency acts. But like you said, Hard Rock is really probably the, the people to push something where, you know, music is at the forefront, concerts at the, are at the forefront. I expect they'll be more in the vein of, you know, a, a stop for major tours rather than having some big act come and stay there for some set amount of time. But you're right. I think if they're going to do it, it's going to be like a mid, mid-tier act, maybe somebody who's way after the <laughs> the prime in their career um but right i, I just I, mean, I think the economics don't really work for ac i mean other than planet hollywood who's had like britney spears and i think backstreet boys like what and you could say are both of them big name acts in 2018 or 2017 probably not but like what other vegas casinos really have like huge residents i mean i know at like caesars they'll have like share for like a, a week or two a lot and the same thing with like jerry seinfeld or something like that but like are there any other casinos other than planet hollywood that really have like true like multi-month residents well i mean you've got all the cirque shows which are sort of like I mean, sure. shows you know you've got all yeah, the broadway yeah. shows and the cirque shows um yeah. you know celine dion forever at mm-hmm. at uh caesar's was at caesar's for a very long time i think still at caesar's uh and then there's some smaller acts like Human Nature is at, I think, the Venetian. Uh, they've bounced around. You know, mm-hmm. they're at, like, uh, Imperial Palace back when it was Imperial Palace. Uh, so I think there are some smaller ones. Okay. Um, but as far as big names, I don't know that there are that many anymore. You get more sort of... I mean, there's, like, the local shows that are, you know, like, the smaller shows, the... Carrot yeah, Tops like, that like, does a show every day for years and yeah, wherever. Big and, Elvis. And David and, Blaine and like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Chris Angel. That was a mm-hmm. show. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think that it's sort of going by the wayside a little bit, uh, even in Vegas, although maybe Vegas goers will mm-hmm. disagree with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this idea that you've got, some big name act is just like consistently at places. Very few casinos can really do that. And even the residencies that you do see, like Jennifer Lopez, I think was a plane in Hollywood for a little while. Mm-hmm. Even Backstreet Boys, like I th- they were only there, you know, like a week 
every couple of months or something like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. like they were just there every single night. You just knew that they were going to be there. Where like human nature really is at the Venetian, like six nights a week, 11 and a half months out of the year. They're just there mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but I think that's becoming really rare. And, and part of that is, you know, it's hard to have the draw of, of a name that, you know, if a name's big enough to be a draw, they're going to be out doing other stuff. So like human nature and people like that, like they're kind of in a unique position where it's like, they're just big enough of a draw that people like that. It's a, it's a good, well-reviewed Vegas show. It's not big enough, big enough a draw that, you know, they can go out and tour and make a ton of money elsewhere. All right. So our good buddy Dave asks in the Facebook group. I don't know any Dave. <laughs> what are your predictions for Ocean one year after it opens? Will it be Rebel 2.0 essentially a complete failure? Will it be mildly successful, very successful? And then as a follow-up, yes, if you were marketing director for Ocean, what would you be doing to promote the property? What would your target demographic be? And how would you get people in the door? It's a lot of questions. Uh, so I hate to say it. I think, I think it's going to be somewhere between complete failure and mildly successful. (laughs) Like I, I do worry that it's going to sort of teeter, uh, on like not doing particularly well, but not poor enough to close for a little while. Um, unless they really come in and wow us with some of the marketing. So I don't know. Do you want to answer that part of it before we get into the all the follow up? If what you would do if you were in charge of mm-hmm. marketing? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of early to say, but we've talked about it before on the podcast that I'm not thrilled about the total lack of news and lack of hype that's being built for Ocean, especially when you compare it to Hard Rock. When in theory they should be opening around the same time this summer. I don't think it's a good sign. I think that they might just be completely overlooked because of the opening of Hard Rock. But, uh, I mean, I, I think they still have time to hopefully be able to turn it around and and make themselves at least mildly successful. I do think they have time, but I think... I don't think it'll be very successful. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, very successful is... Yeah, I think you can roll it up. But, I mean, I think it's telling that we saw the logo because it ended up on casinocareers.com. They didn't have a big, like, our right. logo's out with Twitter presence and Instagram and all that stuff and a, and a website. Uh, so as far as I know, they don't even really have any of that stuff up and running yet. Uh, I know that there have been Ocean Instagram and Facebook accounts, but I don't think that those are official accounts. I think that those are fan-created accounts. Well, they've uh, got, they put their website up recently, and it says nothing. It just says some pictures. Yeah, so I don't, I don't. Until we see more of the marketing, I want to see renderings. Although we didn't get a ton of renderings from Hard Rock, uh, I suspect it will look like Rebel. Yeah, that's it's the most likely way to go, right? But so, if you, what about marketing directory? What would you be doing to promote it? Target demographic? What are you trying to do? Uh, my target demographic would be gamblers. <laughs> gamblers uh, wanted? Would you say? I mean so it's it's a lot easier especially when you look back on Rebel to say what would I not do Yeah, which is ignore gamblers say I'm going to build this resort that's going to cater towards non-gamblers I mean because I think that was a total failure uh, I mean yeah I, I don't know what's the target demographic of any 
casino. I mean, it's probably mostly people 50 plus who have a lot of disposable income and like to gamble. I mean, I think that you just would try to be building hype by putting out some press releases and trying to get some buzz going like hard rock is doing a good job of right now. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think you need to cater towards people who are wanting to gamble at your property. Yeah. I mean, I think there was a weird thing at revel where it was sort of like a resort that didn't, that wanted to just say like, we're a full package resort. And then there happens to be a casino there and you can even see it in the design, you know, where the casino is not the first thing you see, you sort of you almost it almost feels like you have to go out of your way to to get to the casino uh but that was true of everything else too like the lobby was beautiful but it was way up on the sixth floor or whatever it was all the outdoor space was gorgeous but you really had to know where to go to get to it uh so if i was promoting it i would sort of want to be like here's all the stuff about this property that's awesome that you didn't see i mean i wouldn't phrase it like that obviously but like you know come experience this amazing stuff uh, truly the most beautiful property all around in Atlantic City on the ocean, which it's called ocean, and really just play up that this is a oceanfront resort experience, casino resort experience. So I actually, I think I'm actually going away from what you're saying, where you're really focusing on the gambling. Um, to me, I mean, I think the gambling marketing is more in being really aggressive with offers for players early on Mm -hmm. because i think they need to do that like hard rock i think can more you know build it and and they'll come because it's got the brand recognition ocean needs to be like giving away rooms left and right especially if they start to see signs that you know people are not banging down the doors to to come fill the place when it opens and and revel was really really slow to do that and to get aggressive with uh with room rates so I think that's where I'd go and and just try to say like, are you diamond or better or, you know, any upgraded status at any other casino? We've got some crazy offer for you, you know, free nights, free food, get people in the door who, you know, are gamblers and, you know, fill the place early on and you're going to start converting people. And I think that's something they never did because, you know, once people know see the property, yeah. I walked in with my diamond card and right. was like, is there anything you can do for me? And they're like, no. What's that? <laughs> right. Because uh, pe- I think once people see the property and see all the awesome stuff, they will be sold. It's just that they never got those people in the door. Mm-hmm. So that's my vote go after everybody. I know it's, it's so easy to just be like, give away rooms. Um, it's much harder on the bottom line to actually do that, but yeah, I mean, I I do think they need to make sure that their hotel is full. And if that means giving away some, some rooms, I think it's probably worth it at least at the beginning of the property. I mean, there's only one time you can make a first impression. And I think having a full property for the first few months would be a good idea for them. Yeah, and also really, what, you know, like we've said many times, you know, we wouldn't have known Revel even opened if we didn't obsess no. about Atlantic City. And so Ocean can't make that mistake. And and they really need to figure out how to strike the chord of come see the new Ocean 
it's new, it's not Revel. Like they need to somehow, <laughs> you know, make it clear that it's something new and different and it's not just like we turn the lights on and turn the machines back on at Revel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you do that. I'm not a marketing person. <laughs> they should be paying someone a lot of money to do that, I would say. <laughs> I just want them to turn the lights back on at Revel. Yeah, I mean, it would be fun. It'd be fun for us, right? It'd be great, but it's not going to make them successful. It yeah, will put no, them I mean, they'll more toward the, the, the renovations they've side. done or whatever when it really sure. hasn't been much or something. Yeah. All right. So Han asks, as for the repercussions of Hard Rock Notion opening later in the summer, I can see Bally's getting shut down in late 2019 or 2020. What then would happen to the Wild Wild West and the Claridge that's connected to it? Well, the easiest part of this question is that the Claridge is now a Radisson Hotel, not affiliated right. with Bally's. There is- they do have... The the path you can get to the Claridge from from Bally's. There's a, a In, walkway inside, between yeah. the two, but that doesn't need to exist necessarily, right? I mean, we've so we've said many times we think that the Wild Wild West could just get sort of lopped into Caesars. Caesars. I could even see them just saying, "Okay, Dennis Tower and and Wild Wild West, which is you know connected to the Dennis Tower, are now mm-hmm. just part of Caesars." the big pink Bally's tower and the giant cube Bally's casino are closed. Uh, I think that would be very, very easy to do. Wild Wild West is right and, off the Centurion tower and the garden tower, Greg. Don't forget the garden tower. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They'd keep the parking garage. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I, I could see that happening. I don't know, you know, I don't know what the rules are, so it's possible that, you know, there are, New Jersey gaming enforcement reasons why that's not allowed and they wouldn't be able to do it. But I don't know. I, I, I would yeah. think that Caesars would try to find a way to... I would be very surprised if Wild Wild West shut down. I would think it would become part of Caesars. Yeah, I mean, so the other question is if if it that does happen, does Wild Wild West fill out more? Like, are there suddenly more casino games there like probably. there used to be? It probably is would that... be like... A, I, I would think it would become more like it used to be. Would you make that trade? No. Would you trade Park Place for more filled out Wild Wild West? I wouldn't. I would I mean, only I do don't it. even really like Park Place either, but it's not a good trade for the city. I would only do it if the, they bring back fully working and regularly maintained animatronics. <laughs> I think that the, whatever, this new mountain, not the mountain bar, the other bar. Boardwalk Saloon. Precludes that. Yeah, probably not going to happen. <laughs> Since that is right in the way. Yeah. yeah. The prospector and his river are not coming back. Nope. All right. So Robin from Anytime Gambling has a few questions for us. We can take them one at a time. So who is the best pie go poker in Atlantic City? Borgata, easy. $20 chips means $1 commission if you're betting the minimum. And the dealers are great. It's right on the main casino floor. It's awesome. Yep. Easy access to the bathrooms. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I guess. I mean, I don't know of a place that has not easy access to bathrooms, but yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Shout out, a special shout out to Caesars. I mean, we always talk about how we like the Asian room there too. It's, it's very nice, but if you want, uh, I think even like, I don't think many places at all have $15 pie gal anymore. So I think if you want sub $25 pie gal, I think that that Borg is your place to go. Cause even like resorts and stuff, I think it's 25 everywhere. Which is crazy, right? Like, Borg has the cheapest Pygo poker and tiles <laughs> in Atlantic City. I have seen 15 at Bally's at, like, 2 in the morning. 
Uh-huh. Uh, but that's very rare. And I that was one of those times where it's like, I should go to bed, but $15 pie gal. And then you end up playing that for two hours because you can't just sit down at a pie gal table and then leave 15 mm-hmm. minutes later. That's not how it works. So if you're in the marina, go to Borgata. If you're on the boardwalk, go to Caesars. Yeah, the Asian room's great at Caesars. Great service. Yeah. All right. So Mississippi Stud, uh, Texas Hold'em. I, I assume that's Ultimate Texas Hold'em. Or three or four card poker are the only ta- table games available. What do you play, Craig? So I've never played Mississippi Stud. Mm-hmm. It's it's not great. I've never played Ultimate Texas Hold'em, but I at least know the rules, which is more than I can say for Mississippi Stud. Mm-hmm. I've played three and four card. Four card, I really, really hate. Really? It's yeah. way better than three card. Three card... Three card I find kind of boring, because it's just like... Queen, six, four, you're in. Lower than that, you're out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not that exciting. So even though I've never played it, and I've made a New Year's res- resolution to never play it. You specifically <laughs> avoided playing it when you had the perfect opportunity. Right. Uh, I'm going to say Ultimate Texas Hold'em. Because I find it more interesting. That's weak, Greg. I think you're lying. I mean, I know that I don't like three and four card poker. If we were all around a three card poker table at Horseshoe instead of Ultimate Texas Hold'em, you would have sat down. That's my proclamation. You think? Yeah. No, it was, the, it was only the limit. If the limit was the same, I wouldn't have sat down. Mm. Nah, you're wrong. Weak. Yeah, you anyway, you don't know me. As well. I think that's yeah. true, but, but four-card poker is definitely in second. I don't have the hatred for it that Craig does. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's a terrible game with Big House Edge, but... Yeah, that's why I don't like it. <laughs> it's fun. I think it's fun. Uh... So what casino in Atlantic City has the largest and best craft beer menu? Probably the poolside beer garden at Borgata, I would guess. Uh, I think that has to be right. Um, I'll tell you which one doesn't have it. The Boardwalk Saloon that claimed they had a ton of craft beer taps? No, they definitely don't. No, it was terrible. Yeah, I mean, certainly off of outside of the casinos, there are a bunch of good, not a bunch, but there are several very good craft beer options. Wingcraft's mm-hmm. beer list is unreal. It's it's amazing. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any, like, there's there are some surprisingly good craft beers on tap at the Bally's Lobby Bar, like some local mm-hmm. craft beers. So I'm definitely of the opinion that it's not necessarily about having the biggest draft list. It's about having a very well-selected draft list. So I'd rather you have, like, eight really good beers than 30 taps that are, like, you know, Fat Tire and Dogfish 60, which, you know, Dogfish 60 is a great beer, but, like, it's available everywhere, like Sierra Nevada. Like, these are good beers, but they're everywhere. Mm. Uh, so, you know, surprising amount of local beers... Chickas and Pete's, which I had to mention, also has some very good craft it's, beers. As you were contractually obligated to mention it. Yes. Episode. And I think I remember Firewaters in Tropicana having a very large beer list. Yeah. But I felt like there was somewhere in Trop that had a good beer list, too. It's probably Firewater that I was thinking of. Yeah, I've gone there once, and I think their beer list is pretty big. Um, but it's not all draft. I think it's a lot of like cans and bottles. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's like a sleeper pick because if you look at it from the outside, you would just think, well, that's a that's a dive bar. 
that's just like a crappy it's they're just gonna have Coors Light Miller Light, but I they have a pretty big beer list so those are some good options um yeah I expect probably the flat out biggest in a casino is the beer garden at at Borgata but I don't think I don't think their list is really anything amazing like I didn't think there was anything on their list last summer that it was like oh that's a really great beer um so if I was picking where to drink I'd probably pick Chickies and Pete's or Firewaters where there's more interesting local stuff. Chickies and Pete's yeah, where Craig Stone chooses to drink. Yeah, but they had like, you know, Cane and Cape May and good local beers. That's what I want to drink. Crab fries. I do like the crab fries. More for the <laughs> dipping sauce than for the fries. But As someone from Baltimore, I find whatever they define as crab fries, not crab fries. It not is not what I was expecting. It is offensive because crab is not really involved. No. Like there should be a big ass asterisk next yeah. to crab fries. Putting old day on fries is just called fries. It's called season, Chesapeake seasoned fries. <laughs> uh, which is what they had at the jungle grill in college park, Maryland. <laughs> not the jungle grill on the Atlantic city no. boardwalk. <laughs> I'm also contractually obligated to mention the Jungle Grill in college. That's Park. right. I don't think no, that's even. Good. It's got to. Can't be there anymore, right? I doubt it. Uh, no, I've got to get those income streams for me then. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Joe from the Facebook group asks: Are there any decent priced shuttles from the Philly airport or surrounding area? If so, what is the cost and how often do they run? Alternatively, would you consider a car a must-have for a first timer in AC? So I did some research on the shuttle thing. I am a bus taker uh, mm-hmm. from New York. I always, not always, but frequently take the Greyhound from Port Authority. Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming there's a similar Greyhound deal from Philly. The cheapest option is the New Jersey Transit train, which is not from the airport. The Greyhound would also not be from the airport for what it's worth. Uh but the New Jersey Transit train on the Atlantic City line is $10.75. It takes almost an hour and 40 minutes, and it can run in intervals anywhere from an hour, if depending on when you go, to two-plus hours. So you may end up getting to 30th Street Station in Philadelphia and cooling your heels for an hour and a half or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure you could find something to do in Philly for a little bit of time. That's true. It's, you know, it's a quick Uber <laughs> ride to a couple of museums or, you know, downtown or wherever you want to go. So it's not too bad. Cats, you know? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just go to, honestly, like I love cheesesteaks, but like the quote unquote best cheesesteak is not that much better than like a good cheesesteak somewhere in Atlantic city. So, you know, just, just get your cheesesteak at like, you know, white house or chickies and Pete's. <laughs> That's two mentions. So racking I, up the chickies and Pete's dollars. Uh, yeah. Get your get your Philly uh, steak the from the boardwalk. Of having any listeners from the state of Pennsylvania anymore, but that's fine. I I honestly love Philly steaks, but, but like only when you buy them from Chickies and Beads. I don't know. I've had I've had Pats. I've had Jim's. I've had good Philly steaks. I've had Tony Luke's multiple times in Philly. They're really good, but like you don't need to go out of your way to get them when there's like very very viable options at the destination that you're going. It's not some amazing food that you need to go out of your way to get. It's not a Maryland crab cake. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely, you know, we've lost some listeners. That's fine. I apologize. Uh, do you think a car... Oh, so shuttles, I, I couldn't find a sort of really reliable source for shuttles. I've, I saw some sort of like rinky-dink stuff. Uh, I don't know if any Philly 
people if you haven't turned off the episode by now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you should have asked that before you went on your cheesesteak <laughs> rant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for Philly, uh, if you have a shuttle option that works great, uh, post in the Facebook group. I think most people from Philly just drive, but, uh, mm-hmm. so car, do you think a car is a must? No, I, I don't think so at all. I I'm think... surprised. Okay. I thought you'd say. Really? You're, you're, you're big into, you like driving. Yeah. But... I don't see you taking the bus. What? Why you, <laughs> why would, why do you need a car? <laughs> No, that's true. I, mean, I definitely don't think you need, you need to do for a first timer. I'd say you should see the marina, but they have Uber and Lyft and the Jitney if that's how you want to go. So, no, I don't think there's any reason you need a car. Everything on the boardwalk is fairly close together. You can walk, or worst comes to worst, take it, take an Uber or a Lyft. I don't, I don't think a car is necessary at all. No, and the cabs are fairly cheap. I think they're capped at like twelve bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're staying at a Total Rewards property, there is a shuttle that will go to Harris. That's true. So, For if free. Wanna, yeah. So if you want to go to the uh, marina, that's a good way to do it. Uh, you just need to show your room card. I say that, but I don't think they've ever checked my room card when I've gotten on it. Um, so you know, there there are definitely options to get around. I wouldn't worry too much about it. And and honestly, you know, if you're staying on the boardwalk. You can just kind of walk up and down the boardwalk, and even if you're going to most of the stuff that's in the city side, you know, if you're going up to White House or you're going to the outlets or you're going to wherever, like that, most of that's walkable. And, you know, just take a cab one time and, and get out to the marina, go to Borgata. Uh, I don't think you need a car. I agree. I go multiple I First time I ever went, I didn't have a, have a car. Probably the first six times I went, I didn't have a car. And I never really felt like, oh, I wish I had a car. So. Right. And even when you and your wife go, so you have no access to a car at all a lot, I feel like it's totally fine, right? Uh, well, I guess you usually drive. We do, we usually drive. We t- did take yeah. the bus a couple times when we lived in New York and didn't have a car. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we, typically now we drive. All right. Is uh, three nights enough to see all of the casinos and beach activities, especially yeah. since my travel plans very seldom, if ever, would get me in the area again? And that's from Joe in our Facebook group. Same same guy as last question. So, ah. uh, yeah, I th- I, per- I personally think three nights is good. I think that's just the right amount if you're a, a rare visitor. I think if you get to four nights, you're going to start feeling like it's a lot of time, unless you're just a really big gambler and, and you want to spend <laughs> a lot of time gambling. I was going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If, I've never spent four nights in Atlantic City. And you know that I'm famous for doing like seven-night Vegas trips. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I, <laughs> since I go, you know, four times a year, I think two nights is perfect. I think that's the uh-huh. perfect length for me. If I only went once a year, I would definitely want that third night. Uh-huh. Uh, just because it gives you some options to get out and try more meals at other places. You know, there are a lot of good bars or a lot of good restaurants. You know, especially if you're going in the summer, there's beach stuff to do. Uh, so I, I think. Three nights, if you're a, an infrequent visitor, is a very good amount, especially if you don't plan on spending 10 hours a day gambling like Kyle does. Why uh, wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah, so, you know, some people like to do other things, Kyle. <laughs> so I, I, I'm famous for when when we used to go to Vegas in our prior lives. Yeah, back when that was a thing that happened. Yeah, back before that stopped happening. I would like fly out like a day or two before everyone else flew out and fly home like a day after everyone else had already left. Yeah. I like yeah. to gamble. Yeah, I mean, there would be, just to be fair, you would never be there like alone, alone, right? Like oh, you yeah. fly out and like 
a couple people would fly out, but they would leave, you know, they would fly out like Thursday and leave Sunday. And then other people would fly out, like come out like Saturday, Saturday and leave, leave Tuesday. Tuesday. But you yeah. would have been there from like Thursday to Tuesday. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely the exact thing that happened at your bachelor party. So, so I, I think that anytime you ask kind of a travel question, that's like, is X number of nights enough? There's always going to be people who are like, oh my God, that's not nearly enough time. How could you do that? And people who are like, yeah, I did it in that much time and it was fine. But uh, I mean, I think three nights is, is perfectly acceptable. I don't think you'll be like sad for doing it if it's only for three nights or whatever. I mean, I think that, that it'll be fine. Um, I think if you had a fourth night or something, I unlike Craig, I think it would be totally fine. I think there's plenty of stuff to do in the area. Uh, especially if you venture like down to Margate and see Lucy or, you know, whatever else. Uh, so I think three nights is totally fun. Uh, so that was what I was going to say. If you're going to do, so three nights gives you plenty of time to do, you know, most, if not all the casinos, you know, take in a show, go to some of the really good restaurants, uh, walk the boardwalk, go to the outlets, all that stuff. If you add a fourth night, you can add in something like, you know, Lucy the Elephant or, you know, Ventnor or whatever it is, other stuff you want to go check out, maybe venture slightly off the beaten path. Like, you know, if, especially if it's in the summer, you could certainly go to Ocean City or, uh, you know, other stuff around in the area. So it gives you an extra day to do other sort of South Jersey stuff. Um, mm. But... Three nights if you're just focusing on Atlantic City, I think that's a good length. Uh, yeah, I think it's fine. So Corey asks us via email, not yeah. the Facebook group. Getting out of the my wife. Group. My wife has never been to Atlantic City, so I'm going to take her to the boardwalk Saturday afternoon and then possibly off the boardwalk to the outlets and possibly over to White House Subs and then to a Catholic church for Mass. Last time I was in AC, there were some rough areas where it wasn't safe to walk. Are there any areas I should avoid in a generally unfamiliar city? It should all be daylight. Uh, I mean, I definitely think there are certainly some areas that you probably don't want to end up in. Uh, But everything that you've mentioned here is going to be fine during the daylight. Like if you're on the boardwalk, you know, you can do the whole boardwalk. You can walk out to the outlets, you know, directly out from the casinos you can certainly go to White House. Like we've done the walk up to uh, the bakery mm-hmm. for Michael Brothers Bakery, which is directly across the street from White House Subs. That walk is completely fine. It's right past the Bass Pro Shops. Uh, there's no, you know, I wouldn't hesitate to walk those alone. I've done it multiple times. So, you know, that's certainly fine. Uh, you know, I wouldn't go walking up and down like. Atlantic or Arctic Avenues way away from the outlets at, you know, 10 at night. Probably yeah, once you start getting close at, to like Tennessee or something, they get a little, little iffy, but yeah. But I mean, everything you're talking about doing is kind of in the touristy district. You're, mm-hmm. you, I think are more sort of like whatever about that stuff than, I, than here, most people are. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like there could not, if there was a question that's like, is Atlantic city safe? Question mark. And like, that was the question. It would be like incredibly divisive. I think between like half of our listeners would be like, yeah, of course Atlantic city is perfectly safe. And the other half would be like Atlantic city is not safe at all. Like you're going to (laughs) die. I mean, I've definitely seen people say, you know, I don't even leave the casino. I don't feel comfortable even walking up and down the boardwalk. So, 
you know, and it's, it's I'm you know, it's not to say that stuff has not happened on the boardwalk. It certainly has, but I've never felt unsafe walking up and down the boardwalk. Right. But I probably wouldn't do it at like two thirty in the morning on a Wednesday or something when there's just literally no one on the boardwalk. But yeah, I, I don't. You think... might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty laid back about that. I pretty much feel reasonably safe in Atlantic City. Um, I think I may have told this story before. I have tried to kind of walk the length of Atlantic Avenue. And even for me, like at some point it was like probably 5 p.m. or something. So it was like twilight. I'm like, I got to go to the boardwalk, man. This does not, I'm not comfortable right now. <laughs> yeah. And that was right. I think it was Tennessee Avenue. I ended up walking up to go to the boardwalk because I was like, just didn't feel comfortable. But uh, I mean, if you're not just trying to do it just for the sake of doing it like I was, I think Atlantic City is reasonably safe i don't think it's it's particularly less safe than walking kind of off the beaten path in vegas for example oh yeah Um, yeah i totally i've had some pretty sketchy walks in vegas too like especially my first few times i went i stayed in uh it was the hilton then it's westgate now and the walk down uh riviera boulevard from the strip to the hilton is super shady so i I don't think anything i don't think it's particularly less safe than vegas once you get off of you know the highly populated areas of the strip yeah i agree with that um but like i said everyone will have a different opinion um so rennie from laurel asked in the facebook group uh some questions about casino sales executives i said i didn't really want to answer them because i had no idea because it was a host question if you want to see the question and answer i suggest you go to the facebook group uh is there anything more you want to say about that craig uh no he was just asking what a casino sales executive is and basically it's like an entry-level host i think that's the long and the short of it if you want to get more in detail into you know what are the advantages of an entry of a host versus uh you know just booking stuff yourself that eric rosenthal is certainly the guy to ask go to our facebook group he he answered some of that in the in this sort of uh mailbag post in the facebook group but uh yeah go check that out if you are so inclined yep uh frank from the facebook group asks did CET knocked down monthly offers for everyone or just me play has been consistent, uh, you know, losing pre-slot play is half of what it was this time last year. Uh, twice monthly food offers are also down. So I've played significantly more over the last few months and I have not gotten the food and beverage credit that I usually get. And my slot play is down. I don't think it's half. Um, but it seems very inconsistent. The slot play, like I used to basically have, you know, five or 10 bucks every day. And I, you know, I may have, now I may have five bucks. I may have nothing. So yeah, I, I definitely seem would say it's gone down a little bit. I don't know if your uh, experience has gone with that. I agree. I, I feel like my comps have gotten a lot worse at, at CET, at, at, especially Atlantic city CET as well. Yeah. I mean, I th- my room rates, I feel like are fairly consistent, but all the non room mm-hmm. stuff I, I feel like has really dried up. I feel like my room rates have gotten worse too. See, uh, I'm I've been putting up more. But you you gambled a lot more than you used to there, right? Yeah, I mean, mostly just out of focusing my play at Caesars. So I've been getting more tier credits because I haven't been casino hopping as much the last couple trips. Uh, so yeah, my room rates have stayed about the same. But you're right; everything else has gone down. I mean, I don't. Really, I used to get you know two free buffets a lot of times. I don't get anything. Yeah. Maybe I'll get buy one get one buffet. Uh, but 
Yeah, I had to get almost no slot play. Uh, which I've said, I've said that for a little while now. I don't think that's incredibly recent, but definitely the, the food credit and other stuff, I think, uh, has dried up a bit in Atlantic city. And I, you know, I don't know what to make of that, but, uh, other people in the group seem to agree that it's just gotten worse. So, I mean, obviously your mileage may vary, but it seems like that's, that's what most people are experiencing. I mean, I feel like in the old days without any significantly different play, like this time of year, I would have seven day a week comps no problem at all the properties and i do not have that right now so i mean i can i can check real quick and confirm but uh let's see well i mean if you're talking about like when we first started going in the middle of the recession like yeah i went Uh you know i brought 300 dollars with me to gamble for the entire trip our first trip and then i started getting like five nights a week comps off season (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think that's really the best barometer, but you know, even, even a couple of years ago, I think it was better than it is now. Yeah, no, my, so I just pulled up my, my rate calendar. I have, I have five night a week comps pretty much consistently at all the casinos, but I'm at my weekend rates are quite expensive at all the casinos. So, uh, my, my room rates have gotten a lot worse. I don't feel like I play significantly less than I used to there. So my, my, my comps, I'd say, are down across the board at, at CET, at least at Atlantic City CET. Like I said, my my horseshoe comps, I think, are pretty good. So, yeah, and so that yeah, that's been weird for me too. Is my Vegas comps have gotten better <laughs> uh, with more play, but I, yeah, it's it seems like Atlantic City. I can't do much for that. Um, I mean, one thing it wasn't asked in a question, but do you expect to see this bounce back in? summer well not in summer but next off season when there's ocean and hard rock open. The, prob- probably i mean i think just adding all those rooms will make them so they kind of have to um, yeah, like would, we said in some past episode though i think casinos are trying to put an emphasis on getting a bit more money from their rooms and a bit less money from gaming so i'm yeah, not surprised yeah. that my room rates have gone up yeah but part of the way they do that also is that they're getting 20 something dollars in resort fees. And sure. Yeah. So even if they're giving you a comp room, not if, you're you. not, if you're not diamonds, oh, if they are from you right the second, but yeah, working on getting it reinstated. <laughs> hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I, I right. called today and they were like, no, we're going to need to see some paperwork. Like, <laughs> so working on that. Anyways. So what's next, what? are we the last question, really? last question. Uh, I did not expect to get to this point this quickly. All right. I mean, it hasn't been super quick, but... Anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to, you know, shoot the shit for a few minutes to really stretch this thing out? (laughs) So Julian, not from Vegas Confessions, but a different Julian in our Facebook group asks, is there any way to quantify the effect of table game rule changes? For example, is there enough data to tell if Borgata's hold went up significantly due to craps going to three, four, five times odds last year? Would it be insane to think they might change Blackjack to six to five, or is that not worth trying in the current environment? So I think you can explain the three, four, five. I don't know. It would be really tough to tell if their hold went up from going to three to four to five, three, four, five times odds in in craps. You know, if I guess we could just sort of look at the month over month data and try to discern how much they made in craps, which it is broken down right by game, but. Mm-hmm. 
but you then right. also have to like normalize it to like no. the increase. It would be almost impossible. No, and no, and no. and the very no reason to do that when you can just calculate it as well. Right. right. So okay. Do, yeah. So you t- you can talk about the math of like th- what that actually means for the player for you. To okay. Play. So. I'll speak kind of generally about the math. I don't know the exact math of what the odds are of the different odds that you can take, but so in craps, the pass line bet is about 1.4% house edge, I think. And the odds is an even money bet. So essentially the way to get the lowest house edge possible is to make as large of an odds bet as you can as the odds bet basically approaches infinity the house edge goes to zero because at some point the odds are the only thing that matters that's a 50 50 bet and so you know as the pass line bet becomes more and more irrelevant your your the house edge becomes closer to zero um but the change they did they went from five times it might have been a full five times which is a bit more than five times to three four five um it's not really that huge of a change honestly uh, i suspect that it wouldn't have changed the odds a tremendous amount and again like i said i don't have what the odds are in three four five or the house edges for three four five versus five times in front of me i'm sure i can pull it up in a second if you if you want it but uh i, I suspect it didn't make a big deal and if you talk about the hold how many people i mean i've been at a lot of full crap stables in my life and the vast majority of people are not voting full odds on their bets anyway so i think in terms of actual hold it probably doesn't make that big of a difference i mean most people do like single odds or double odds or you know maybe three times uh or no odds at all is actually quite common as well so i I don't think it makes a huge difference yeah and, and it's important to realize that like for you as the player you know if it only makes a difference to you if you're playing the difference so you know if you're not comfortable putting five times behind your bet then and you're playing three times like then this makes no difference to you at all (laughs) so uh you know i our friend chris played a hundred times once at wild wild west back when that was a thing that they offered all the time and like yeah you know if you've got the stones to do that and the the bankroll to do that (laughs) then it's going to be a much much lower house edge than playing two times uh, but I would guess most people feel much, much more comfortable not going to the max, especially because in Atlantic City, you know, it's not like there are a bunch of $5 tables everywhere uh, where you can max out for not a lot of money, you know? So if you're playing at a $10 table or even, you know, 15 or 25, it's a, it's a much bigger hit on your bankroll to go uh, above that. But um, I mean, presumably that's obvious. Said it anyway, it's what I do. Uh, so <laughs> blackjack six to five versus three to two. Um, he also, he asked, would it be insane to think that they might change blackjack to six to five or is that not worth trying in the current environment? I don't I think, think a... it's insane. Okay. <laughs> what, what about you in AC? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it makes much sense right now. AC is a very competitive gaming market. It's much more gaming focused than something like, the strip, let's say, which is much more of non-gaming attractions and conventions and, you know, it's it's people that aren't necessarily really just interested in going there and, and gambling. They can get away with six to five blackjack, but I don't think an ACA would go over very well. 
So my that's been my opinion for a long time. Is like AC is gamblers, and gamblers know what they're doing, and they're not going to go play six to five blackjack. But I could see you know Borgata, especially where it's just mm-hmm. like we're the nicest thing in town. We're going to do what we want to do. I could see them giving it a shot. They, I, I would if someone was going to give it a shot, it would be Borgata, certainly. Yeah, I mean. We've seen it was very quick as soon as they made it legal in Maryland that they could be six to five. The three big casinos all went basically almost exclusively to six to five. So that that would be the other thing that could happen is basically everyone does it and says, like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? Like, you're going to play somewhere, right? So you're going to play mm-hmm. one of these casinos. I'm going to play at resorts then. <laughs> right. right. So it's a, I mean, it's a little tougher because there's also, you know, Pennsylvania casinos. You risk alienating people who can who are driving past other casinos to, to come to Atlantic city or driving in a different direction. Like I could go a different direction and go to Sands in less amount of time. Um, obviously I don't do that, but, uh, yeah. So the, the house edge for this is really clear cut. Uh, wizard of odds has a really good calculator. It's kind of the, uh, Bible for all this stuff, but with their calculator in a standard game of Atlantic city, blackjack, uh, Eight-deck shoe where the dealer hits on soft 17. The house edge on three to two blackjack, if you're playing perfect basic strategy, is uh, 0.447%, so less than half a percent. If it's six to five blackjack, no other rules change. That jumps all the way to 1.805%, so it's like more, more than, than three times. More than four times. Yeah, four times four times more. Edge. Yeah, so... It's a it's a big big difference, and you wouldn't think like oh just every time you get a blackjack it pays you know a few bucks less instead of you know if you're at a if you're paying playing twenty bucks or whatever it's what would that be twenty four twenty four instead of 30. sorry I, I was muted but I was saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know twenty four instead of thirty that's that's not that big but it really hurts you uh, as we can see by the numbers so. Yeah, I mean, if you can avoid it at all, at, at any, uh, by any way, you should avoid it. Certainly, I we haven't seen it really yet in in AC. So there there was a little while where upstairs at Caesars there was some six to five tables, um, which was sort of like the not the party pit, but it was out by the nightclub. That nightclub is closed. Mm-hmm. I the other place I could see trying it would maybe be Hard Rock because they really seem to be focusing on you know, attracting a new crowd who's interested in the music and all that stuff. And anytime you get sort of party pits and all that stuff, that was really where it started in Vegas, right? It was like the, yeah. the, the crazy party pits. And if they're gonna Back do that, when we stuff, started going it, yeah, it was mostly in like the the Pussycat doll area and Caesars and yeah. the places like that. Yeah. Anywhere I mean, there the, were girls dancing, the blackjack was usually worse. Not at the hard rock. Yeah. So, I mean, different hard rock. So I'd say that's yes. a good sign for hard rock, but different company. Different hard rock. Uh, but yeah, generally, I mean, it pays to be an educated gambler. I think the unfortunate thing, at least for the Vegas market, is that they've seen that... People don't care. People are not educated gamblers. It does not no. make a difference, I mean, but... I have believe me, when I go to Harrah's and, you know, at least the last time I was there, which was five years ago, probably. In, AC, um, in uh, Vegas. In Vegas, they had like kind of four four tables out near the strip, like right when you walk in. By that the were three to two, court. three to two surrender allowed. Like very good good rules. And every other blackjack table in the pit was six to five, 
and the amount of money you had to bet on them was all the same and like half the time the three to two tables were empty and the six to five tables were full so because people just don't even people look. don't know don't care it's interesting. It's interesting because it tells you also how many people like don't even necessarily know what they should be paid out when they win. Mm-hmm. Which is something you know, I was guilty of with craps for a long time. But I, thought, <laughs> I had my confession on the podcast. That was my Atlantic City confession. You've gotten better. Yeah, but I've gotten better. Good by betting extremely consistently, so that I always get paid the exact same amount. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do have to say, it, it's a. I mean, it's completely factually true to say that it more than quadruples the house edge but it's a little disingenuous i mean it does make it one less than 1.4 percent worse i mean it just happens to be that blackjack is actually an incredibly low house edge game to start so i mean something like a 1.3 percent increase in house edge makes it a very high percentage worse yeah it's still I mean, one of the better made, games if they made four card poker 1.3 percent worse it would be like a 10% increase in house edge. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and at 1.805%, it's still, like, one of the better games in the casino. Uh-huh. Uh, but just knowing that it's available at 3 to 2. Yeah, yeah. No, works. I agree. Dicky. Uh, but we should mention 6 to 5 Blackjack on the sort of video dealer machines at the yes. Wild Wild West. Is that right? Yes. Probably uh, most of them. Easier. Yeah, I would guess. So definitely check those it's machines if you're going to sit down. Unbelievable when I sat down at one and I'm like, fine, I'll just play blackjack for a few minutes. And it was six to five blackjack. And I'm like, why? Yeah, where, there's, you, where you don't have to pay a dealer. <laughs> right. There's no human involved in this. Why is blackjack six to five? Yeah. Insane. <sighs> so if we can leave you with anything here, it's don't play, don't play the machine blackjack. The machine you know, blackjack with the cleavage out trying to get you to play at two in the morning when you're drunk and there's a band playing at the wild Wild west just yeah. don't do it just go sit down at danger arena instead yeah long gone rest in <laughs> peace pelted with ping pong balls danger, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right yeah anything else no i think those are good questions good. yeah thanks everybody for sending in questions yeah. Uh, thank yeah thank you guys very much and uh enjoy your your paid paternity leave craig do for a win yeah it'll be great We'll try to keep the ship going while you're gone, but make no promises. When I come back, you're going to have completely monetized. Yeah. All the blackjack will be six to five. I'll be very confused. All, all of the blackjack will be six to five. I'll be yeah. like, guys, yeah. when you want to play blackjack, do it upstairs at Caesars. Yeah. That is where the good tables are. Like somehow in the course of six or eight weeks, Kyle got a consulting gig at every AC <laughs> casino. <laughs> now the rules are just atrocious for the players. It's all triple is that, triple zero roulette. I can't think of much uh, L, any more, much more six to five blackjack than upstairs at Caesars. It's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't think of any others either. I mean, I know that the more egregious one was back when Wild Wild West had dollar blackjack with a quarter ante. <laughs> yes, that was that was worse. But upstairs. I don't actually ever see those tables open anymore, but yeah, I mean, considering Dusk Nightclub is not open and that's what they were branded for, but that was six to five. Yeah. So if you see six to five blackjack tables, rat them out in the Facebook group. We want to know about it. We want to know. Or Twitter. Hit us up. All right. Enjoy your, your time off, Craig. I'll try to uphold the tradition that of excellence that you have started and let us down our first 68 episodes. I make no promises though. I have high expectations, yeah. very high expectations. 
So we'll see if I can put some stuff together. Um, but anyway, if you would like to join us uh, and chat with us or in any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, you can find all of our content, including some articles we just wrote about the last episode at doforwin.com. Find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and YouTube. Uh, you can send us a message at doforwin on Twitter or send questions to doforwin at gmail.com. Any last words, Craig? No. Thanks again for all the questions. Yeah. And enjoy your time off. And I, I guess I'll talk to you, Craig. Well, I'll see you before then, but we'll talk to you on the podcast in, in a month or two. And I'll, I'll try to talk to the rest of you sometime before that in a couple weeks, maybe. Sounds so, good. Have a good one. Oh, I know where we can go. Hoboken location, Johnny Rockets. Oh, yes. It would be poetic to take you to Johnny Rockets. Got to find out where the nearest pepper steak is. (laughs) Extra peppers.